You're listening to the Tooth Sleuth Podcast. Hosted by Greg Essenmacher. Welcome to the Tooth Sleuth Podcast, all about the business of dentistry. I'm Greg Essenmacher, your host. Although I'm not a dentist, I've been known to play one over your favorite listening devices. On today's episode, I'm excited to welcome my friend, Julianne O'Connor. She helps high-achieving dentists and CEOs to leverage their influence because they are overworked and overwhelmed. With an emphasis on quality of life, branding, leadership, and burnout prevention, O'Connor helps high achievers to clear up where they are at and then helps them to get quickly to where they want to be. O'Connor helps dentists with their branding and social media for the purpose of helping them to systematically buy back their time. O'Connor is a certified corporate trainer and a quality of life coach for an exclusive group of high-achieving CEOs and dentists. She's an award-winning author, actor, TEDx, and NSA speaker, and she's been named Best New Author by Amazon and Speaker of the Year, O'Connor is the star of the hugely viral number one Super Bowl spot, Doritos Pug ad. It's fantastic if you haven't seen it. I'm sure you have. And is a wife, mother, foster mom, and adoptive mom. O'Connor has been featured on Adweek, Adage, WSJ, CNN, USA Today, just to name a few. And has worked with and or helped launch some of the most well-known brands in America. Please, everyone, Help me in welcoming my friend, Julianne. Julianne, thank you so much for being here today. And before we even get started on the business, and I know this is about the business of dentistry, let me just thank you for the work that you do as an adoptive mom and a foster mom. That's just fantastic. Thank you. Ah, thank you. I'm so thrilled to be here on your show, Greg. It's you're such a dear friend to me, and um, and I'm I'm just laughing. You your introduction is so sweet. I, you brought tears to my eyes with that. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think sometimes that gets lost, right? The human side of business. Because I know you and I, right from the get-go when we first met, it really was that connection of the humanness that really helped us to be able to do business together, right? Because if you meet people where they're at, right, you talk about that. You talk about, you know, burnout and being overworked and overwhelmed. So let, let me just straight up ask you right out the gate, you know, is burnout real? We hear about it, but is it real? Can can you feel it? Can you see it? I mean, you must encounter this all the time. Talk to me about that, would you, and our audience? Yeah, well, um, burnout is real. And not only is it real, but I, um, you know, it's, it's shocking how it can affect a person's life. And I personally experienced it. And I've seen it, you know, take people to the depths of suicide. So um, yeah, it's absolutely real. And I could, you know, sit here and um, speak you know, just share all these statistics, if you will, about uh, how many workers have burnout, but they're saying at least 75% of workers have experienced it. And I'm sure you have as well, Greg. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's just, there's so many signs and symptoms. I think the approach though, is that it's such a gradual onset. We just keep adding more to our plate and the demands get greater and greater and greater, especially as the success rate gets higher. Would you agree with that? 
Yeah, it's it's interesting because there's um, there's evidence to support that workers are burned out, but people who are managing the workers are even more burned out. <laughs> and so uh, you can imagine also in dentistry when you deal with high achieving dentists, um, man, they are they go 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 go, and their brain becomes wired literally to where they can't shut it down, and it's um, it's it's really detrimental to their long-term success, which is the why behind everything that they're trying to achieve, right? So yeah, it's it's incredible um, actually to watch the journey. Well, and I've always believed that our greatest assets can also become liabilities in the extreme, right? The assets that, you know, the drive, the ambition, all of that that helps these high-achieving dentists or just individuals that really help us to be successful when taken to the extreme then turn into our liabilities. So, uh, you know, tell me a little bit about this. Talk to us about some of the key indicators of what you see when you encounter individuals about burnout, what are some some concrete things that individuals can look for, whether it's the dentists that are listening or even maybe some loved ones or individuals where they can point out to others and say, hmm, there's some warning signs there. Let's have some conversation there. Yeah, you know, again, it's, it's unfortunate, but um, really what we see a lot of uh, is depression, anxiety. But with high achievers, what they tend to do is they cover it up. And so the way that they cover it up with is often with a big smile and they keep pressing through and pushing through. And a lot of them are suffering uh, really in silence and in their own, you know, privacy, really truthfully. And it's not until you really start to question them and get to the bottom of why they're trying to accomplish these things that you start to hear the backstory and you start to get to the bottom of what they're trying to do and the reasons why. And sometimes what you find is that, you know, a lot of this desire to be such a high achiever is is driven by childhood traumas. I mean, it's it's really interesting. And you'll hear a lot of similar stories. Um, as somebody who coaches high achieving dentists, I can tell you that I've heard similar stories um, from a, a lot of different people in this particular industry, which indicate that their their childhood push into this industry had a lot to do with how they were trying to provide for their families, even at a very, very young age. And so they were going on and they were kind of, you know, they had families who came from, um, they were doctors, they were also dentists. And I could tell you these all sorts of signs um, that, that indicate that they could end up there. But then what you see really on, you know, that's manifesting is the anxiety and the depression. But a lot of that in dentistry specifically is not talked about. And although it's known, right, Greg, you you know this, that we hear that there's this high suicide rate, but it's interesting because you don't see a lot of people out there training about it still. Yeah. And I definitely want to talk about that. You know, you touch on that and say, you know, it's not being talked about, but, but I do want to ask you, cause I'm sure our listeners are interested in this piece and, and you touched on it. So talk to me a little bit about why is it that these individuals that are struggling, you know, that are struggling with burnout, that they're keeping this, especially from those that are closest to them, whether it's, you know, a family member, a spouse, or even colleagues, because a lot of times they're spending even more time if they have a business partner, you know, a a fellow dentist that they share a practice with, they're spending even more time with those individuals 
than they are at home with a spouse or you know their their kids if you know, that type of situation. So talk to me a little bit about that before we dive into what you've jumped off and led me into my next line of questioning, which I'm sure my listeners want to hear about as well. Talk to me a little bit about that. What have you found with those high achieving dentists that you've been working with over the years? Well, uh, so I I think that there tends to be a common theme where you see that these guys hold this position where people look up to them. It's similar to that of a firefighter or a policeman or something where all these people depend on them. They're trying to provide for their families. They also have all of these employees and all these, you know, especially during COVID, you could see where people were trying to help save their employees' jobs. And and I I believe that a lot of it is a mindset issue in terms of them not wanting to be vulnerable in front of all this, you know, these people and these peers and, and this tremendous amount of people who kind of they feel built them into this position or support them at this high level. And the reality is, if you really start to understand human nature, you know, it's okay to be a little vulnerable with the people that you work with, even if they're underneath you. And in fact, oftentimes they will love you more and respect you more if they know you're not perfect. Um, and then you've got the issue where some of it is cultural, where it's not okay to go home and share with your family that you're exhausted or depressed. You know, that's, that's um, it's not only cultural, but it's, it's societal. There's so many different things leading to it. And so some of these guys are ending up on uh, medications and they are, you know, having, you know, taking meds to deal with their anxiety or pain. Oftentimes it's pain that then also can lead back to depression and some other things. So, yeah, so there's a lot of different things and reasons why in this particular industry it's kept quieter. And it, in, if you look at workers themselves, a lot of times because they can actually go to the doctor for, for burnout now, <laughs> they might actually, you know, use their insurance and, and there's tremendous amounts of loss in productivity and um, work hours because of this with workers. But when you own the business, you have a different level of responsibility. Absolutely. And, you know, you hit on it there. And, you know, the word vulnerable was coming up in my mind. And, and you said the word, right, to be vulnerable those with those around you, but definitely challenging to be that to be vulnerable with those that are closest to you or in general, you know, whether it's cultural or, you know, the rearing that individuals have, especially when others look up to them, you know, having that entrepreneurial spirit, and always, you know, being the man or, you know, being the breadwinner, uh, male or female doesn't matter. I think that there really is something to that, that really, you know, unpacking that and peeling that away and getting to the humanness uh, behind it, I think it is so critical um, in order to break down those barriers uh, in order to to not necessarily have to go. And some, something that you mentioned there as well, right? These high achieving dentists being on their feet or at least, you know, physically exerting themselves um, with very uh, precise, minute actions activity for 8, 10, 12 hours a day, day in, day out, not only physically, but mentally uh, being challenged, psychologically, emotionally, for the practice, for their patients, uh, those that have gotten to that ultimate place in their career and continue to drive. It, it's just, it's really, thank you so much for pointing that out. I think that sometimes it's overlooked. It, it's assumed with those that are successful. So thank you for that. So I do want to talk about too. So 
why is it that specific in dentistry, because you can look at, you know, the ultimate, uh, you know, sadness that happens in the industry when, you know, you look at stats and figures of, you know, suicide rates among different careers and professions. Why is it that in dentistry specifically that people just don't talk about burnout? You know, again, uh, I do, I, I think it's similar to, to the answer I gave before is just this idea that, you know, these are people who are very influential. They're, they, they hold on to, and this is also cultural. I, I notice in a lot of cases where they hold on to the status piece of it and they're striving, striving, striving to, you know, they, they're very analytical. They want to have the awards on their walls. They, they're, these are people who went through schooling and, and learned everything that there was to know about the technical side of dentistry, but never learned emotional intelligence or, you know, how to, um, accomplish goals and stop and pause and relax and enjoy them, <laughs> you know, like the, the successes. Um, and I think with the status piece, you know, people get caught up in this idea that anyone actually cares at all about their their status. Like at the end of the day, nobody, nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares about your awards. Nobody cares about your status. Now, yes, technically speaking, I, I care that my dentist is well credentialed and, and has practiced plenty. And, and there's no question about that. But ultimately, once I know that's handled, I want to know he's a person, you know, or she. And I, you know, a, a, whether I'm a patient or an employee, I would want to know that these are human beings that I'm dealing with, and that will only make me love them more. But until we talk about this as being very normal, I can tell you, Greg, I go out to these events, and you know, I, I think I mentioned to you, I'm going to an influencer event for dentists here coming up in, uh, I guess, two weeks, and and I can tell you, the last event I went to, I was talking to a couple of highly influential dentists, and I asked them, I you know, I said, tell me a little bit about your personal life. How is that? And they and and I had just met these couple of people that I I asked individually and they just they they said oh yeah oh I guess I need to deal with that at some point you know and that leads to the quality of life conversation and every one of them when I ask this question will open up eventually and they will tell me that things do not look great on one side or the other. <laughs> and that is because when you are getting burned out, when you go, 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 and your drive is so high, something has to fall. And sometimes you got to learn to let it fall and be okay with some part that you haven't let fall falling while you handle the other areas. So, you know, I don't believe in balance um, necessarily, <laughs> you know, work-life balance is sort of, uh, um, it's one of those things where, you know, you go back and forth, but there are ways to do it. There's definitely things that you can do. And it starts with the conversation. And if all these guys knew that the other guys are feeling it too, then I think more people would talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's only so much bandwidth. And so what, what I find to be true and those that I talk to and have talked to, what you're talking about really is that it's almost as if they need to give themselves permission to be able to spend time you know, on the home front or be able to reallocate some of their priorities at times, that it's okay to be a high-achieving dentist, but part of that also means to prioritize their life and their day to make sure that the support system's in place, that what brings them joy and all of the other pieces that are a part of it. And, and I think that that's so important to give themselves that permission, uh, which is 
a lot of times may come from outside and maybe those accolades and those awards, but there's got to be time when they, you know, refresh and renew and re-energize because that will be seen by their staff, like you mentioned, and by the interaction with the patients. And then the patients will come back and trust. And yeah, absolutely. That's just so, so important. So, in your coaching, when when you're coaching and working with high achieving dentists, and you've been very successful at it, and I know this because I've I've talked with a number that you've worked with, and watched not so much of saying you know what do you think of Julian, not that way, but just how they've transformed, and, and how they carry themselves throughout their time that they've spent with you, and the influence that you have with them. So, what are some of the things? that people can do to prevent burnout? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, obviously one of the things is recognizing the signs when you're starting to feel exhausted or you're driven, but you're, um, you're not excited any longer about the fact that you're showing up at 7am to do a surgery, or you're not looking forward to some of that, that stuff that you're driven to do. Then once you start to recognize that you're, you're feeling these signs or symptoms, then it's really about carving some time out. And, you know, it's, I'm a huge fan of outsourcing, outsource, outsource, outsource all day long, those things that you shouldn't be doing, um, and or that maybe your team shouldn't even be doing so that your team can pick up some of the stuff that they should be helping you with. And so like social media, for example. And so, um, so you take, take that time that you carve out. And the very first thing is to just like with finances is to take a look at it and put it in, in front of your face, write down everything about where you're at right now. Like just make a list, you know, jot it down. This is where I'm at. I feel like this, this is where my business is. This is where my personal life is or whatever the case might be. And to just make a quick list, it can take you literally 30 seconds or a minute and you can just write down a list of where am I at? And then second to that is where do you want to be? And write down everything, including the feelings that come up. Like I want to be more peaceful. I want to feel more peace of mind. You know, when I have time off, I don't want to be thinking about work, you know, <laughs> like, cause that's what a lot of these guys do. They can't stop texting when they're off. And I literally will have to text them back and say, Hey, it's Saturday. Did you, did you notice? <laughs> Pull up that meditation app. Now's the time, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, right. and, and then because the manufacturers probably want time off too, just so exactly, you know. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. And, so, and then really at the third thing that I would do, so if you were to break this down into four steps, I would write down where I'm at, write down, and I do this still. I, I literally do this as a practice. Write down what you want, what you think you desire, where you want to be. And then the third step is why. Ask yourself, why do I want that thing? Why do I want that next thing? And then when you answer your why, ask yourself why to the the answer that you gave. So for example, if you say, I want to, you know, whatever, I want to knock out X number, you know, of dollars in production by next month. Ask yourself, why do I want that? Well, I want that because, you know, I want to exceed last month's goal. Well, why do I want to exceed last month's goal? Well, because, you know, it's, I'm very competitive with the guy next door and I want to kick his butt, you know, well, why is that important? Well, because it's going to make me feel better. Well, why is it important that you feel better? You know, and then what happens is as you ask yourself that question over and over on each of these different things, what you'll get down to is fundamentally, you're going to have a very 
very, very simplistic reason why you actually desire these things. And when you look at that and you pair it with your list of things that you desire, what you'll find is that you're going to end up scratching off about half the list because it'll fundamentally boil down to your love of your family or or some um, something to do with, you know, you've always wanted to make your dad proud or, you know, or whatever. And you're going to go, oh, wait a second. So if I work more hours because I want to hit higher productivity, so ultimately I can spend more time with my kids, but ultimately I could spend more time with my kids right now if I brought back that goal off a little bit, you know, then you start to go, oh, wait a second. (laughs) And then the fourth step is the simple part. And that's bridge the gap from where you're at to what you want that you really desire. What do you really, really desire based on that why? And it's really interesting because every time I do this and I do it frequently, I will find that I put something on my desire list and I realize, oh, the let's say the amount of money that's going to cost to have my Malibu mansion isn't really the trade-off for that maybe isn't what I want to trade off in terms of my time that would be away from my family. Or maybe there's a better way to do it. Maybe it's that I'm willing to give it, you know, five more years of equity in my current home before I do it instead of working more now and with the risk that I might not be around in five years. So I I hope that answers your question, but that's a really good way and a really awesome practice that I use and a lot of my clients will use. And, you know, I work with some of the most productive, profitable dentists in the world, and I make them do these practices too. (laughs) So for what it's worth. (laughs) I absolutely (laughs) love that. And ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, that uh, that was gold right there. So if you didn't catch that on the podcast, wherever you're listening, I suggest you rewind about three minutes and listen to those four steps again over and over again and implement it. That was gold right there. Thank you so much, Julianne. That was fantastic um, for sure. This is the point of the podcast, Julianne, where we do a certain segment and it's called What the Sleuth is Going On? So these are three rapid fire questions. All of my guests answer them and it is your first response. So it is off the cuff. Are you ready? Question number one. What is the worst bad breath you've ever encountered? Oh my God. There's been so many times that that's happened, but I got to be honest, it went, one of the times was a dentist who was working on my teeth, I swear to God. And it was the worst smoker's breath and combined with not good dental hygiene. Yeah. Oh, that had to have been horrible. No, joke. no naming names. Don't I name names. No, we would, we would, we'd have to bleep that out. That would, yeah. The, the producer would have to bleep that out. I would okay, never. Question. Question number two. If you could change one thing about your smile, what would it be? I believe it would be a a front tooth that's just ever so slightly hard to keep straight without a retainer. Everybody's got like that one little thing. I know everybody's got one thing, especially if you're in dental. Appreciate the honesty. And honestly, I've known you for a while. I don't know which tooth it is. Now I'm going to look next time I see you. Because we're friends and that's okay. I hate vulnerability. (laughs) Right? You talked about it though. See, it's good to be vulnerable. Question number three. If you could go back and be the inventor of any dental product, which one would you choose and why? Oh boy. Uh, I would go, let's go with um, dental implants. Like, you know, any, any dental implant 
latest um, invention, probably, but more more recently, where you can put them all on um, a few implants and do like a full reconstructive surgery with it. I, I don't want to name brands, so. <laughs> We will not name names. And and why? Why is that? Why would you want uh, to be the inventor of that specifically? I really believe that um, witnessing somebody's life transformation when they have just the most terrible teeth on the planet and they've been treated so poorly and judged so harshly, and then they transform their smile with dental implants um, or, you know, one of those products that I mentioned, then it is like, there's nothing more amazing to me than witnessing somebody completely start to take back the heart of who they are. Yeah, absolutely. That emotional experience, if you've been a part of any surgeries like that from beginning to end, really, if, if that doesn't touch your heart... Yeah, then maybe, you know, the yellow brick road is for you and go see the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, if that doesn't touch you, Seriously, I don't know and you know, will. and they they end up being the most grateful people. So, you know, because they they know the the harshness of judgment um, transformed into them feeling confident and people not knowing what they'd been through. It's just fabulous to win. So, yeah, that would be my my product choice. Not for not for Absolutely. money, but for that experience and and Sure. Woo. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, you made you made it through the three questions. Thanks for that. Well, before we wrap up here, I, I did want to circle back and uh, you know because you're so intimately involved with high achieving dentists, coaching them, working with them, identifying challenges that you see. Could you share with our audience? So, what is it that someone should do if they are experiencing burnout? Okay, so um, I would say give me a call <laughs> and or shoot me a, a LinkedIn message and I'll do a you know a free consult with you and I'll I'll walk you through some ideas. Um, but definitely, you know, start out with um, some essential oils and some you time and start to you know maybe um, create some space to to reflect on you know, just how perfect you are, even when you're imperfect, even when things are not going well. And, um, and, and it's really a time thing. Everything comes back to, you know, creating that space or carving that time out. You have to put it on a calendar. Like that would be the very first thing is like, I'm going to give myself, you know, Friday off, or it could be whatever. And it could also be just, just to give you an idea, it could be that you say, hey, all these projects have to be put on hold for the next month. And you need to take some time to reevaluate everything and redo your business plan and some other things. So, but yeah, and I'll, I'll offer also that if anyone ever wants to reach out, that they can certainly do that. And remind our listening audience one more time, the best way to reach out to you, uh, give you that opportunity because there is so much value in what you've shared here today for myself that I've learned. I took a few notes myself. I think those, those four steps are fantastic, but so for our listening audience to be able to reach out to you as well. Yeah, so you can actually go to my website, which is spellingitout.com, and you can find all my social media there, or you can you know, click on the contact button and just send me a message, and I will schedule a time for you. So spelling it out, just like it sounds, S-P-E-L-L-I-N-G-I-T-O-U-T, spelling it out. So spellingitout.com. Yeah. And thank you so much, Julianne O'Connor, who is just an incredible human being who is identifying and sharing and spreading the word on burnout and working with high achieving dentists and 
really is just a fantastic human being, which there definitely needs to be more people like Julianne in the world. Thank you so much for spending time with me here today and sharing your experience with our audience here on the Tooth Sleuth podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you, Greg. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Tooth Sleuth podcast. If you're a dentist and interested in learning more on how to grow your business, reach out to our show at toothsleuth2021 at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or hanging out on your nearest street corner where there seems to be a dental practice everywhere you look. Signing off for now, I'm Greg Essenmacher. I thank you for your time and the pleasure of your company. And remember to keep smiling. This podcast was produced by T-Door Productions. Theme song written by The Whole Other.